God is good. Dios es bueno. Please be seated. Pueden sentarse. It's so good to sing of the goodness of God, to celebrate his goodness, to mark it. And God is at work when we can see him at work. God is at work when we can't see him at work. It's very important for us to affirm those two things. Hay que afirmar que Dios está obrando aun cuando no lo veamos. Y cierto cuando sí lo podemos ver. I just wanted to share briefly a, a little report with you of something that happened a couple of weeks ago. We, we talked about this, a time that we had for worship and prayer in Park, Del Lago Park in Tulare, and uh, that was on October 8. And some of you were able to take advantage of that and be there. And, and those that you, of you that were, you were really representing us, but you, we were also representing the Christians in our city. En este evento en el parque representábamos a los cristianos en la ciudad Again, uh, I don't know how many of us were there. A pastor's count might be about 50. Uh, I don't know if that's more or less, but we had a, a, just a beautiful, beautiful time, and God is up to work. He is at work. He's up to something good in our city, bringing Christians together just to focus on Jesus and to focus on loving one another. Jesus said, the world will know who I am if you love each other. Dijo Jesús, el mundo va a saber quién soy yo si aman, se aman unos a otros. And so that's what we're working on. And uh, we have something in, in the works right now looking at maybe something on Veterans Day, which will be a Saturday, the November, November the 11th. So keep that in your, in your thoughts and minds, an opportunity to pray, especially in a time when our world seems to be uh, teetering on the brink of of destruction and war, we're going to look to have something on November 11. I'll give you more details as they become available. Vamos a tener algo, si, si Dios quiere, el 11 de noviembre, para orar también por la paz en nuestra comunidad y en el mundo. So thank you again for your support. I want to send out our boys and girls now to Children in Worship Time. We're so grateful for this treasure of our children among us. Enviamos a los niños para el tiempo de niños en adoración. I love watching them uh, head out. And we bless them, and they will be taught God's word in a way that they can understand and appreciate. Van a escuchar la palabra de Dios a su nivel. And we thank our worship in, children and worship teachers. We thank our helpers. And I want to thank those online, too, who are also worshiping with us. We uh, want to recognize you. Reconocemos a los que estén adorando en línea con nosotros. We hope that you also are blessed and that when you have the opportunity to be with us in person, we would love that. Well, believe it or not, we are on the second to the last message in this series we've been doing on the Old Testament book of Ecclesiastes. Estamos en el penúltimo mensaje del libro de Ecclesiastes. And today our focus is going to be on chapter 10 and then part of chapter 11. Nos estamos enfocando en capítulo 10 y parte del capítulo 11. So I want to invite you to get your Bibles out. Uh, there are Bibles in the back if you need them. Saquen sus Biblias. And we're going to be looking to start with at Ecclesiastes chapter 11, the first six verses. Ecclesiastes 11, 1 al 6 va a ser nuestro enfoque por comenzar. And I want to invite you to get there. There are page numbers. I remembered them this week. They're on the screen. Those are keyed to the Bibles in the back and will help you to find it. La página indica donde están las Biblias atrás. What I'd like to do is read first in Spanish and then we'll go ahead and read the same text in English. And so I want to invite you to really absorb what God's word is saying to us here. These are, these, these are words that are inspired. This is the word of God. Escuchemos lo que dice la palabra de Dios. Voy a leer en español primero. Lanza tu pan sobre el agua. Después de algún tiempo volverás a encontrarlo. 
Comparte lo que tienes entre siete y aún entre ocho, pues no sabes qué calamidad puede venir sobre la tierra. Cuando las nubes están cargadas, derraman su lluvia sobre la tierra. Si el árbol cae hacia el sur o cae hacia el norte, donde cae allí se queda. Quien vigila al viento no, no siembra, quien contempla las nubes no cosecha. Así como no sabes por dónde va el viento, ni cómo se forma el niño en el vientre de la madre, tampoco entiendes la obra de Dios, creador de todas las cosas. Siembra tu semilla en la mañana y no te des reposo por la tarde, pues nunca sabes cuál siembra saldrá mejor, si esta o aquella, o si ambas serán igual de buenas. Ship your grain across the sea. After many days you may receive a return. Invest in seven ventures. Yes, in eight. You do not know what disaster may come upon the land. If clouds are full of water, they pour rain on the earth. Whether a tree falls to the south or to the north, in the place where it falls, there it will lie. Whoever watches the wind will not plant. Whoever looks at the clouds will not reap. As you do not know the path of the wind or how the body is formed in a mother's womb, so you cannot understand the work of God, the maker of all things. Sow your seed in the morning, and at evening let your hands not be idle, for you do not know which will succeed, whether this or that, or whether both will do equally well. Warren Buffett. George Soros, Peter Lynch, Elon Musk. These are all, as you may know, entrepreneurs who have made millions and even billions by investing their money wisely. Son emprendedores que han hecho mil millones al invertir su dinero. You've heard of them, but chances are you probably have never heard of Anne Schreiber. No conocen a Anne Schreiber. Who was Anne Schreiber? Well, Anne was a single woman, never married, and in the Great Depression of the 1930s, she lost everything, like most people did. She lost all of her life savings. Era una soltera que en la Gran Depresión de hace 100 años perdió todo. But that didn't stop Anne. Anne didn't give up. No se dio por vencida. She kept saving, she kept working, seguía trabajando y ahorrando. And by the end of World War II in 1944, uh, Anne had managed to accumulate a little retirement fund of about $5,000. Al fin de la Segunda Guerra tenía una pensión de $5,000. So what Anne did at that point is she took her $5,000 and she invested it in the stock market. Ella la invirtió en el mercado de valores. And for the next 50 years, Anne did that. She invested in the stock market. Lo hizo durante 50 años. And when Anne Schreiber died in 1994, her initial investment of $5,000 had become, get this, $22 million. Su inversión de 5 mil dólares cuando murió eran... 22 millones. That is supposedly a return of more than 22% per year. Es interés de más de 22%. In fact, Anne is notable because she did better than most professional stockbrokers out there. She was in the range of these other guys. Ella hizo mejor que los corredores profesionales. Now, the question is, what was her secret? 
How did she do this? ¿Cómo lo hizo? ¿Cuál fue su secreto? Well, believe it or not, Anne didn't read the stock market pages. She didn't check the market from day to day. Ella no vigilaba el mercado de día en día. Instead, what she did was she researched and she put her money in just a few good, solid, reliable companies that she could trust. Invertía su dinero en varias empresas de confianza. And she parked her money there and she left it. Aparcó su dinero y lo dejó. And in the end, Obviously, it paid off. A fin de cuentas, la rindió. Le rindió algo. So I tell you that story because as we come to chapters 10 and 11 of Ecclesiastes, we are reminded of a very powerful truth. Ecclesiastes nos recuerda una verdad muy importante. And this is that truth. In a lot of ways, life is like the stock market. La vida es como la bolsa de valores. Life, like the stock market, is risky business. La vida es arriesgosa. Uh, life, like the stock market, has its peaks and its valleys, its, its ups and its downs. La vida tiene sus altibajos. Life is many times a gamble. It's a, it's a roll of the dice. La vida es como un juego de azar. And, and there is absolutely no guarantee that you are going to come out ahead in life. No hay garantía de salir adelante. Even if you play life right, even if you are good, and even if you are wise, and even if you live the way you're supposed to live, live there's no guarantee you're going to come out successful in life. Aunque seas bueno y sabio, no vayas a salir exitoso del 100%. Why is that? ¿Por qué? Well, as Ecclesiastes 10 verse 1 tells us, all it takes is a little foolishness to mess things up. Un poco de necedad arruina todo. Let's look at verse 1 here. It says, As dead flies give perfume a bad smell, so a little folly outweighs wisdom and honor. Las moscas muertas apestan y echan a perder el perfume. Pesa más una pequeña necedad que la sabiduría y la honra juntas. What is this saying? It's saying just because you, you do things right, just because you are wise, doesn't mean life is going to be smooth sailing. El hecho de ser sabio no te garantiza una vida suave. That's because there are factors in this life that are beyond our control. Hay factores más allá de nuestro control. All it takes is a little bit, just a little bit of foolishness, of random silliness to wreck our plans it seems no matter how much we may plan to do something well there's always as the saying goes a fly in the ointment siempre hay una mosca en la sopa that's I think where that saying comes from from this very verse Now, my wife and I uh, don't go down to LA as much as we used to when the kids were down there we would go down there quite often uh, still from time to time we're down there but every time Mindy and I would drive down to LA I can guarantee you this we were careful we drove the very best we knew how we know how busy those freeways are siempre que voy a Los Angeles voy de la forma más cuidadosa posible we watched ourselves carefully but that didn't matter Why? Because inevitably there's that guy, that fool that cuts you off, right? 
Inevitablemente alguien que te corta or, or there's that motorcycle that comes buzzing past you and, and just barely misses your car Esa moto que te pasa y casi te pega Or you know what it is There's that one accident That shuts down the entire freeway You've been there and done that If you've ever gone down there Hay un accidente que, que para todo el freeway And when these things happen When we go down to Los Angeles And these crazy things happen We, we kind of turn to each other And we have this habit of saying One It only takes one It only takes one fool on these freeways To mess it up for everybody Solo se requiere un necio Para arruinar toda la cosa It only takes one fool To mess up Everyone's day in life because you see, life is risky and a little folly outweighs much wisdom and honor. Un poco de necedad pesa más que la, la, la honra y la sabiduría. Life is risky, but as we said last week, something else we noted, life is often unfair. La vida también es injusta. Look with me. And verses 5 through 7. Here in verse 5, uh, Coalette, the teacher says, there's an evil I've seen under uh, the sun. Hay un mal que he visto en esta vida bajo el sol. What is it? Injustice. Fools are put in many high positions while the rich or the competent occupy low ones. Al necio se le dan muchos puestos elevados, pero los capaces se les dan puestos más bajos. I've seen slaves on horseback while princes go on foot like slaves. Sounds like Congress, right? He visto esclavos montar a caballo y príncipes andar a pie como esclavos. So life is not fair. Folly outweighs wisdom. Necedad pesa más que sabiduría. Injustice in the world seems to outweigh justice. La injusticia pesa más que la justicia. And you know what else? Bad luck outweighs good luck in this world. La mala suerte pesa más que la buena suerte. Look with me at verses 8 and 9. Whoever digs a pit may fall into it. Yep. Whoever breaks through a wall may be bitten by a snake. It can happen. El que cava la fosa en ella se cae. El que abre brecha en el muro, la serpiente lo muerde. Whoever quarries stones may be injured by them. Whoever splits logs may be endangered by them. El que pica piedra con las piedras se hiere. El que corta leña con los leños se lastima. Accidents are going to happen in life. And guess what? You don't get to schedule your accidents ahead of time. Like next week on a Thursday, I think I'll schedule an accident. It doesn't happen like that does it? It happens whenever, and you don't even know. So that is the issue. Uh, life is also random. Los accidentes pueden ocurrir en cualquier momento. So here's the question. Does that mean then that it doesn't matter if we're wise or not? Does that mean that wisdom isn't the best way to go? No quiere decir que la sabiduría sea buena? Of course not. Look at verse 10. If the axe is dull and its edge unsharpened, more strength is needed, but skill will bring success. Si el hache pierde su filo y no se vuelve a afilar, hay que golpear con más fuerza. El éxito radica en la acción sabia y bien ejecutada. What, what is that saying? It, it, it's saying that, you know, sometimes in life what we need to do is to step back and sharpen up our approach to some problem. Instead of just continuing to hack away at something with a dull blade and, and doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting a different result. 
You know what that is? That's the definition of insanity. A veces hay que dar un paso atrás y afilar nuestra perspectiva en vez de estar cortando siempre haciendo la misma cosa esperando otro resultado. What is it saying? It's saying, you know, sometimes it's better just to quit doing the same thing. Step back, get wisdom. Get wisdom. Hay que tener sabiduría. So wisdom is better. Uh, chapter 10, verse 18 will tell you that it's no fun to be a fool. No hay nada bueno en ser necio. Through laziness, the rafters sag. Because of idle hands, the house leaks. Por causa del ocio, se viene abajo el techo. Por la pereza, se desploma la casa. Yes, wisdom is better by far. Vale más la sabiduría. But here's the thing. On any given day in life, wisdom may not be enough to get you over the hump. En cierto día la sabiduría puede ser no suficiente. Why? Because life is risky. Life is unfair. Life is random. La vida es arriesgosa, injusta y también aleatoria. So, if wisdom isn't enough, if wisdom isn't enough, what hope is there for us? ¿Qué esperanza hay? What hope can there be for you and me doing the best we can with the, with the light that we have? What hope can there be for us to find meaning in life, to find fulfillment in life? ¿Qué esperanza hay para encontrar la, la, la esperanza o la, el significado de la vida? Well, as we turn the page to chapter 11, uh, Ecclesiastes points us to an interesting answer. Hay una respuesta en capítulo 11, 1. Chapter 11, verse 1, it says, Ship your grain across the sea. In some versions it says, cast your bread upon the waters. After many days you may receive a return. Invest in seven ventures. Yes, in eight. You do not know what disaster may come on the land. Lanza tu pan sobre el agua, después de algún tiempo volverás a encontrarlo. Comparte lo que tienes entre siete y aún entre ocho, pues no sabes qué calamidad pueda venir sobre la tierra. So get this, if life is like the stock market, si la vida es como el mercado de valores, you know what you need to do? You need to learn how to invest like Ann Schreiber. That's in a sense what Ecclesiastes is saying. Hay que invertir como esta señora Ann Schreiber. You need to make an investment in life for the long haul, first of all. Hay que invertir a largo Ship your grain across the sea, and it says, after many days you may receive a return. You're not going to always see the results you're looking for in life from day to day. It may take a while. Lanza tu pan sobre agua después de algún tiempo, muchos días, volverás a encontrarlo. And so you need to be in it for the long haul. And the second thing about life, if it's like the stock market, you've got to learn how to diversify your investments. Hay que diversificar las inversiones. It says give portions of your life to seven, to eight. Invest in different things. Who knows which one's going to come out better than the other. Hay que invertir en siete u ocho cosas para ver qué sale mejor. So, That's good advice, but there's still this problem here of what is it to ship your grain across the sea? What does that mean? What does it mean to, to cast your bread on the waters? ¿Qué es esto de lanzar tu pan sobre el agua? I mean, I don't know about you, but that sounds risky. 
to put your bread, to put your life on a boat and send it away. I mean, wouldn't it be better to say, well, take all your marbles and, and invest in what you can see. Invest in what you can control. No sería mejor decir, invertir en algo que puedas controlar y ver. Why would you want to do this? For the people of Israel, the sea represented chaos, danger, death. Para los israelitas representaba el mar, el caos y la muerte. Why, why would you want to do that? What possible good can come from investing in something that you cannot see, investing in something that you cannot control, investing in something that seems far away, beyond your grasp? ¿Qué bueno hay en invertir en algo que está fuera de tu control y que no puedes ver? It's a good question. But here's the thing. At some point in life, you've got to make a decision of what you're going to invest in. Hay que tomar una decisión. At some point in the game of life, you've got to put all your chips on the table and place a bet. Hay que poner las monedas en la mesa y apostar. If you don't, if you don't give your life to something, you might miss the chance to place your bet. It's going to be over. Si no apuestas en nada, pues vas a perder tu oportunidad. If you wait for the perfect time for success to come, the opportunity may pass you by. Look at Ecclesiastes 11.4, versículo 4. Whoever watches the wind will not plant. Whoever looks at the clouds will not reap. Quien vigila el viento no siembra. Quien contempla las nubes no cosecha. What we have here is farmer language. This is lenguaje del agricultor. It's, it's saying, as a farmer, if you're looking for the perfect conditions to be there when you plant your crop, or when you're looking for the perfect day when you know it's not going to rain, when you can harvest your crop, if you wait for that day, you'll never plant and you'll never harvest. Si esperas el día perfecto para plantar o cosechar, no vas a hacer ninguno. So at some point, you've got to ship your grain across the sea. At some point, you've got to bet your life on something. Hay que apostar tu vida en algo. You've got to bet today while you have life if you're going to have hope of meaning for tomorrow. Hay que invertir en algo hoy para tener significado mañana. So get off the fence. Hay que tomar una decisión. Ecclesiastes is saying, ship your grain across the sea. Invest in something that is beyond you. Something that is beyond this life under the sun, beyond the sea. Invierten en algo más allá de tu vida, más allá de esta vida. Invest in what is eternal. Invest in what is of heaven. Invest in God. Hay que invertir en el cielo, en lo eterno, en Dios. You see, from our perspective, life is risky, it's unfair, it's random. We've said that for a couple of weeks now. La vida es arriesgosa, injusta y es aleatoria. But here's the deal. None of that is the case with God. God doesn't see it that way because you see God's in control of it all. Dios está en control. We don't get it. We don't see it all. Look at 11 verse 5. 
as you do not know the path of the wind or, or how the body is formed in a mother's womb, you cannot understand the work of God, the maker of all things. He's made it all. He controls it all. He understands it all. We don't. Así que no sabes cómo, por dónde va el viento. Uh, no entiendes la obra de Dios, creador de todas las cosas. God has it all in hand. So invest in him. And be diligent about it. Verse 6, sow your seed in the morning. And at the evening, don't let your hands be idle. For you do not know, God knows, what will succeed. Whether this or that or whether both will do equally well. Siembra tu semilla en la mañana, no te des reposo por la tarde. Pues nunca sabes cuál siembra saldrá mejor. This is talking about spiritual investments. Giving our lives away to the God who sees it all. Jesus had another way of putting this in Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 21. Mateo 6, 19 al 21, Jesus said, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and vermin, or sometimes it says rust, destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. No acumulen para sí tesoros en la tierra donde la polilla y el óxido destruyen ni donde los ladrones se meten a robar. Instead, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. Acumulen para sí tesoros en el cielo donde ni la polilla ni el óxido carcomen ni los ladrones se meten a robar. Because here's the thing, where your treasure is, that's where your heart's going to go. Donde está tu tesoro, allá estará tu corazón. Wherever you cast your bread, wherever you cast your life, that's where your treasure is. Donde pongas tu vida, ahí está tu tesoro. But here's the thing you need to understand. The most dangerous, risky thing you can do is to take all the eggs of your life and put them in the basket of this life under the sun. Because you know what? All of those eggs will end up broken in the end. Guaranteed. Si pones los huevos de tu vida en la canasta de este mundo, todos pues se te van a quebrar. Why? Because there's moths and there's rust and there's vermin and, and, and there's, there are thieves and there are crazies on the freeway. There's all kinds of things that can happen here, right? Hay polilla, óxido, esas cosas. But if you invest in the things of God, moth, rust, can't touch that. Las cosas de Dios no se pueden arruinar. They can't be ruined. So this is the call. But here's the problem. How do we invest in the things of God wisely? ¿Cómo invertir en las cosas de Dios sabiamente? I just got done saying we don't know enough, do we? We don't know enough to have the wisdom. And the fact is, I don't know about you, but here's what I understand. Even if I want to always invest into the spiritual things, the things of eternity, there is something that keeps pulling me back to wanting to play it safe and invest here. Siempre quiero, tengo la, la tendencia a querer invertir aquí. Uh, Bible scholar N.T. Wright says that whatever you are willing to sacrifice for, that's the thing you end up worshiping. La cosa por la cual te sacrificas, la adoras. 
We're willing to sacrifice for a lot in this life, aren't we? I see people that are willing to sacrifice for their mortgage. They're willing to sacrifice so their kids can go to college. They're willing to sacrifice for their spouse. They're willing to sacrifice for their career. They're willing to sacrifice for whatever. La gente sacrifica para su carrera, la casa. Now, I'm not saying that those are bad things, but ultimately, is that where you're putting your eggs? Is that where you're putting your investment? A fin de cuentas, ahí pones tu inversión. Truth is, it won't last. Esas cosas no duran. So we need wisdom. Where do we find the kind of wisdom to live and invest our lives wisely? Donde encontrar esa sabiduría? I want to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. 1 Corinthians 1:30, And it just makes this simple statement. Paul says, Christ Jesus has become for us wisdom from God, our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Cristo Jesús se ha hecho nuestra sabiduría, es decir, nuestra justificación, santificación, y redención. Jesus has become for us wisdom from God. Think about Jesus and how he lived. Piensen en cómo vivió Jesús. In a sense, you could say, Jesus made a foolish investment. Jesús hizo una inversión necia, por decirlo. How? He came down to earth and he bet everything on sinners. He invested his entire life in dying upon a cross for faithless, worthless sinners. Él invirtió su vida muriendo a la cruz por pecadores. Why would he do such a thing? So that he could become our wisdom. He could become our righteousness, our holiness, our redemption to rescue us. Él se hizo nuestra justificación, santificación y también nuestra redención. He rose again from the dead and the return on his investment is to see sinners transformed and brought from darkness to life, from death to life. Worst investment ever? Maybe from our point of view, but thank God he made it because it is the good news that we are accepted by God. We are given peace with God. And we have purpose in Jesus Christ, our wisdom. And this is how we live. Now we are set free to follow Him. By following Him, we're following His wisdom. And He's going to show us how to invest. And when I say invest in spiritual things, I'm not just talking about church things. You can do everything in your life that is ordinary and have an eternal investment going in it. You can use your job to make eternal investments. You can use, uh, or your kids, what you do with your kids, there's something eternal you can have going on there. Puedes invertir de forma eterna, but only Jesus will show you how to do that. You will never do it perfectly, but He will. Él lo hará perfectamente. Now there's no guarantee of worldly success. Let's be clear. Although there is no guarantee of worldly success, a diversified investment portfolio in Jesus is the wisest way to live. Una cartera de inversiones en Jesús diversificada es la mejor forma de vivir. 
Why? Because there are returns and blessings in this life, but beyond this life, more than we could ever ask or imagine. When you follow Christ as your wisdom, you begin to learn how everything in life can have eternal implications. Every conversation, every interaction, every decision. Cuando sigues a Jesús, cada interacción, cada decisión puede tener un impacto eterno. Now again, we have to be clear. Following Jesus does not mean life will always be easy. It's not that. Seguir a Jesús no, no quiere decir que la vida sea fácil siempre. It doesn't mean you'll never have problems. It doesn't mean you'll never have bad things happen to you. Some people think, I'm becoming a Christian. Yay, nothing bad will ever happen to me again. No. No quiere decir que las malas cosas no ocurran. John the Baptist, Jesus said, was the greatest born among women. Jesús dijo que Juan el Bautista era el más grande nacido de una mujer. John the Baptist did everything right. You look at his life. He was wise. He invested in the things of God. He obeyed God. He was uh, submissive to Jesus and put Jesus first. He did everything right. And what happened to him in the end? He lost his head. Juan el Bautista lo hizo todo bien y perdió su cabeza. Was that a waste? Absolutely not. You see, life is risky. And it is unfair. And accidents happen, yes. La vida es arriesgosa, injusta, y hay accidentes. But here's the deal. None of that can ultimately touch you if your investment is in Jesus Christ. It can't touch you forever. It's just a passing inconvenience. Esas cosas son una inconveniencia pasajera. La muerte es sufrimiento cuando estás atado a Jesús. In Ecclesiastes 11, verse, I believe it's verse 17, there's a little phrase here that I want to note. It says, blessed is the land, or it's actually 10, 17. Blessed is the land whose king is of noble birth and whose princes eat at a proper time for strength and not for drunkenness. Dichoso el país cuyo rey es un noble y cuyos príncipes comen cuando es debido para reponerse y para no embriagarse. Is saying there is a land and there is a place, there is an economy where everything thrives and everything prospers. Hay una tierra donde todo prospera. Why? Because the king of that place and that land of that economy is noble. Es el rey noble. Who's that king? It was Jesus. What is that place? It's the kingdom of God. You invest in the kingdom of God and the returns are great. It's el reino de Dios. And in that land, if your investment is in Jesus, the Bible says someday in that land, uh, mourning and crying and pain and suffering and death, those will just be like a distant nightmare. A distant bad dream. Algún día el sufrimiento y la muerte van a ser como una pesadilla lejana. So in a sense what Ecclesiastes is doing Ecclesiastes is inviting us here to evaluate the investment portfolio of our lives. What are you and I investing in? Hay que mirar nuestra cartera de inversiones. 
Are we investing only in things that moth and rust and floods and earthquakes and all those things can destroy? Invertimos en cosas que se pueden destruir or are we investing ourselves in something that can never be taken from us? O invertimos en lo que no se nos puede arrebatar. You know what can never be taken from you? One thing. Your connection to Jesus Christ. That cannot be taken from you. Tu conexión con Cristo no se te puede robar. Jesus said of his followers that, that they are in his hands and no one can snatch them out of my hand. Nadie me los puede arrebatar, dijo Jesús. In fact, in Romans chapter 8, this very famous passage, the early church leader Paul puts it very clearly, Romans 8, 38, 39, he says, I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present or the future, any powers, neither height nor depth or anything else in all creation, all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Estoy convencido que ni la, la, la muerte ni la vida, los ángeles, los demonios, lo presente, lo porvenir, nada en la creación nos podrá apartar del amor de Dios en Cristo Jesús. So here's the invitation. Invest. Ship your grain across the sea. Lanza tu pan sobre las aguas. This week I want to ask you, where can you Give. Where can you serve? Where can you pray? Where can you love? Where can you follow Jesus wholeheartedly and help others to do the same? That's where life is found. Donde puedes servir y dar y amar y orar y ayudar a otros a seguir a Jesús. That's the very best, wisest way to live. Now the benefits may not always come back immediately. Los beneficios no vienen inmediatamente. But it is the wisest way to be. Es la mejor forma, la forma más sabia. And in the end, the returns are out of this world. Literally. Los dividendos están fuera de este mundo. And so what I'd like to do is to pray with you in just a moment. Uh, but I want to invite us to stand and we're going to recite what we as Christians believe is the investment that is worth it. It's called the Apostles' Creed, and it really talks about this, about who God is and what he's done. Vamos a recitar el credo de los apóstoles. And after that, we're going to have our offering time. And so I want to get you ready for that. This isn't in time where this is one form of, invest, of investment. Yeah, you're putting money in a bag, but you're shipping your grain across the sea because we hope and pray that what we're doing here has eternal impact. So let's together recite the Apostles' Creed what do you believe? ¿En qué creen ustedes? I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead, he ascended into heaven and sits on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, 
the holy and universal church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. Amen. Lord Jesus, thank you that you are our wisdom. When we say we believe, what we mean is not that we just nod our heads. It means that we are investing. We are leaning into everything that you are. Everything you are, holy triune God, we believe. Help us to live that out this week and always. Ayúdanos, Señor, cuando decimos creemos, no es solo que, que estamos de acuerdo con algo, sino que nuestra vida entera la entregamos a ti, Señor Jesús. Thank you, God. Thank you for the opportunity that each day in time represents to do something where eternity breaks in, where you are there. Gracias, que en cada momento podemos tocar la eternidad con tu presencia en nuestra vida. We just give our lives to you here today as we are. And if there's someone here who has never made the investment that, that Zachary made today to trust in Jesus Christ, that may they just simply say, yes, yes, Lord. I give myself to you. Si alguien no ha hecho esta inversión en Cristo hoy, que digan simplemente, sí, Señor, te entrego mi vida. Thank you. It's in Jesus' name, the name above every name that we pray. Oramos en el nombre del Señor Jesús. Amen. And we're going to worship God as we conclude our service through the giving of our offerings. Vamos a adorar al Señor.